This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Saver, production of iHeartRadio and Stuff Media. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about cinnamon rolls. Yes. A, is it a dessert? A pastry? A pastry, sure. It's a, it can be, it can be eaten with many meals. <laughs> That's true. We're going to talk about that. Uh, but also goes by many names. And, oh, uh, yeah. Also, we'll talk about that. That's one of the reasons we are doing this episode. Absolutely. I haven't had a cinnamon roll I can't remember when. Forever. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Despite my love of cinnamon, uh, most of my experience with cinnamon rolls or cinnamon buns, cinnamon swirls, cinnamon snails, cinnamon whatever, coffee (laughs) scrolls, Uh uh, is with the ones that come out of the can. Explosively so. Frighteningly, which Uh we've agreed upon that. (laughs) Um, That in my family resulted in disagreements about when and if to put the icing on. Right. How much icing. I'm a less is more when it comes to icing. I'm actually a none is better type of person. <laughs> but everyone else in my family is a more is more type of person. So I was usually outvoted and or forgotten about. Oh. Yeah, so I kind of stopped eating them. Um, but despite coming out of a can, they were a special occasion type food. Absolutely. I, I can see that. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. like it's like it's a well, it's it's a it's a pastry. And yeah. if you're serving it for breakfast, yeah. then it's like you better have a reason. Yeah. And that they reason, smell wonderful. Yeah, they do smell wonderful. Uh, that reason can be like, it's a Tuesday, but hey. Mm-hmm. This is how I get myself into trouble because <laughs> I can find a reason for everything. Good day, bad day, whatever. <laughs> um, I've never 
eaten at a Cinnabon. I had one bite once. What? Yes. Wow. How have you avoided it? I don't know. I've long admired the smell again. Uh-huh. Yes. It's a good smell. Yes. Um, I, I recently was on a road trip, and I forgot that um, the Holiday Inn Express is known for, they have a, I think they have a deal with Cinnabon. Oh. So they have the oh. Cinnabon rolls in their, in their properties, and on their signs, they prominently feature it along the billboards <laughs> on the highway. I was like, oh, yeah. It's like, come in. Sleep here, I suppose. Mostly free Cinnabon. <laughs> it, it would work on me, I got to say. I'm not above <laughs> that. Uh, yeah, I, um, gosh, my, my grandmother, my, my grandmother, Grandma Lou, made cinnamon rolls with, uh, with a maple glaze and, and chopped walnuts in them when I was a kid growing up. And so for me, that's a just hugely nostalgic and, and beautiful experience. Um, she, she made them individually, not, um, not, not crammed in a pan together. So they're a little bit, uh, a little bit wider and flatter than the kind of like rise up sort of, sort of (laughs) cinnamon Mm -hmm. rolls that, that I've seen in other places. But yeah, uh, having grown up with those, I'm an incredible snob about the packaged, the, um, the canned Uh explosive ones and how they're not real cinnamon rolls. And those are closer to biscuit dough, and I don't approve because they should be yeasty and delicious. Oh. Um, but, you know, but but everyone everyone likes what they like, and I'm excited whenever anyone is eating anything, basically. So, so perhaps I've never had a cinnamon roll in your estimation. Perhaps not. You have had that one bite of a Cinnabon, which I would qualify <laughs> as a cinnamon roll. Yeah. Huh. I don't remember it. It must not have made an impression on me. <laughs> Ooh, I was very tired. I was in the airport, of course. Ah, so, you know, okay. travel brain oh, yeah. wasn't computing. No, not at all. Uh, you can also see our cinnamon episode if you want to learn more about that because we had a lot to say about cinnamon. Oh, my gosh, yes. Uh, that, that, that's called Cinnamon, the Tastiest of Tree Barks. It's from September of 2017. So wow. long ago, I didn't realize. Anyway, wow. we've been doing this essentially forever. <laughs> Yes, that's what it means. <laughs> 2017. <laughs> that was forever, literally, ago. Uh, but all of this brings us to our question. Cinnamon rolls. What are they? Well, a cinnamon roll, or whatever you want to call it, can be a number of things, but they are essentially uh, baked goods consisting of a leavened sweet dough spiraled together with a cinnamon sugar butter filling into a round that's, um, that's flat but has some height. Uh, a shallow cylinder, you might say. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can be more or less sweet with dough that's a biscuit flaky or brioche soft uh, with extra fillings like chopped nuts or dried fruit, toppings like granulated sugar or uh, icing that's that's gooey or stiff or plain or flavored with things like a maple, coffee, honey, vanilla, cream cheese, uh, citrus, other fruit or jam-like stuff like apple cider or apricot. The dough itself can be flavored with spices, but whatever it is, the result is a warming, rich, comforting pastry that can be eaten for breakfast, uh, as a snack, or as a dessert, room temperature heated, um, and, and yeah, heated is best because then the filling gets all melty and the dough just pulls apart. Mm, I'm having a craving for something I might not have ever had. <sighs> but that does sound really good. I, I was like, I almost went to one of the bakeries downstairs while I was doing this outline. Yeah. But I was like, I don't need to eat sugar at the top of a podcast because I will be unbearable by the end of the episode. <laughs> Could be an interesting experiment. Oh. We haven't done one of those in a while. No, that's true. Well, 
We'll mix it up soon. We'll mix it up soon. <laughs> uh, because there are so many types of cinnamon rolls, I'm, I'm going to forego here a detailed explanation of, of yeast breads in the science way. That's going to be for another day, another episode, another topic. But uh, but basically, um, when you get a dough that's uh, that's tender and puffs up a lot in the oven, you've harnessed a number of ingredients to gently create air pockets. Um, uh, yeast, which are, of course, microorganisms that excrete carbon dioxide. Yeast poop. Um, uh, eggs and flour, uh, which have these matrices or form these matrices of proteins that are structured but stretchy. And then um, butter and milk, which provide hydration and lubrication of those proteins and also act as placeholders for air pockets as their water content moves elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a number of recipes I've seen for cinnamon rolls call for extra starch from potatoes, um, either actual mashed potatoes in the dough or water from a boiled potato might be added. I love this. Ah, <laughs> Mashed potatoes in my cinnamon rolls. Right? I have never heard of this. It won the, uh, the Iowa State Fair competition, I believe, in 2013. I don't have that written down, but this, yeah, I think that's, that's when I saw it. Oh, I'm delighted by this. Yeah, yeah. I really need to look into this as much as I dislike making yeast doughs. um, Yeah. Um, Lots of gooey and or sticky versions are baked with the topping in the bottom of the pan and then served inverted like like an upside down cake. Huh. Okay. And I wonder if you would like that sort of thing better than the icing situation. I think I would. Yeah. I think I would. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of caramelizes. It's good. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, nutrition. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I went from, like, way high to, to a low, low. <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> just dropped, like, a tower of terror. Yes, I did. <laughs> um, yeah, nu- nutrition can depend. I mean, you know, like, the doughs used to make these things are usually heavy on the butter and eggs and milk. Um, American styles tend to have a lot of sugar involved in the dough and the filling and the icing. Um, and sometimes they are served in just huge portions. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they can really sneak up on you. They they are a treat. Mm-hmm. Um, watch your portion sizes. Share with a friend. Yeah. I, yeah. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You can find uh, many, many articles about uh, the nutrition of Cinnabon, or perhaps lack thereof. It is a treat, <laughs> uh, but I think it's like 800 for the, the basic one. Yeah, the basic one is about 800 calories, yeah. um, which which is a whole meal at least. Yeah. And will not provide you, it's not going to keep you going because it's got very little protein and a lot of sugar. So it's going to make you crash. It's going to make you spike and then crash. And yeah. Yeah. Just like the Tower of Terror. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but speaking of Cinnabon, we do have some numbers, and some yep. of them are Cinnabon related. Uh, Cinnabon's busiest time of year, which is the week of Thanksgiving, oh, coming Black up. Oh, Friday. Okay. Yeah. I see ya. People mm-hmm. in the malls, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Cinnabon sells an average of 8,300 cinnamon rolls an hour. What? An hour. Execs call this ah. time of the year Jolly Bod. <laughs> Jolly Bud. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. As of 2017, they sold a billion cinnamon rolls. Oof. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. There are so many variations of cinnamon buns slash rolls slash all the names you want to put in there around the world. In Finland, they can be massive. Up to eight inches in diameter are about 20 centimeters. 
A name for them there is apparently corva pusti, which uh, apparently translates to something like a slapped ear. Right, like you're getting your ear pulled or something, like you're in trouble. Yeah, I guess. Or like I'm picturing like the Princess Leia, like like sticky oh, bun kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in Denmark, they're sometimes called kanilesnagel um, or cinnamon snails. Uh, Germany similarly has a stecken, um, literally snails. And this is literally why I wanted to do this episode. Yep. I was like, well, that is darling, and I want to know more about this. There isn't really more about it. It's just they're shaped sort of like snail shells. That's mm-hmm. it. But I was just like, this is the best. Here we are. Episode. Yes. <laughs> um, also in Danish, they're sometimes called a skillingsboler um, or shilling buns, which I guess is a term also used in Norway. Here in the U.S., we have the coffee scroll in the north, which is finished with a coffee-flavored glaze, and the honey bun in the south. Um, These fried yeast pastries topped with a cinnamon swirl and honey are most likely found in vending machines. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's also the Philly-style sticky bun with uh, raisins and nuts in the filling and a caramelized gooey topping. Um, Zagat, by the way, has an exhaustive list of bakeries around Philadelphia that serve them, and I got so hungry reading about them. Oh, uh, man, so many themed field trips we could have. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. I've already got a donut trail and a cookie <laughs> trail. It's time to add cinnamon bun variety trail. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. And this brings me, me and I think you too. Well, this mm-hmm. is my favorite fact of the episode. I've never heard of this. Apparently in some states in the Midwest, a cinnamon roll is often served as a side to... Chili? To chili? Yeah, like the, to the chili. stew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Please, please, please write in. Yeah. Please. Sources indicate <laughs> that this combo <laughs> was a school lunch option for Midwestern states going all the way back to the 1960s. Mm-hmm. They were and are common foods found at fundraisers. And then in 2007, Nebraska's food chain Runza introduced a chili and cinnamon roll combo item on their menus. There's even a commercial for it. Oh, this must be a real thing. I love it. Yeah, I know. Um, and it's enjoyed in all kinds of ways, in case you're wondering. Um, the cinnamon roll might be saved for last, or you might alternate bites between the two foods, or you might eat the top half of the cinnamon roll and then dunk the other half into the chili. Huh. So there are options. I have never heard of this before, this episode, but I love it. And uh, and cinnamon is one of my, like, secret ingredients, not-so-secret ingredients, in chili. So I can totally see this. Um, there is also a tiny bit of an internet spat about where the practice originated. Nebraska, Kansas, elsewhere. What? Which I also love. Um, uh, from a brief search, it looks like maybe it spread with um, German Mennonites. Again, Y'all write in. Please. Mm-hmm. Please write in. <laughs> uh, some enterprising humans have made cinnamon buns the bread component of breakfast sandwiches. Does not surprise me. Not at all. Sweden has a national holiday called Dog, Cinnamon Bun Day, <laughs> thanks to the efforts of the Swedish Home Baking Council going back to October 4th, 1999. They were celebrating the council's 40th anniversary on that date. Oh. Wanted to find a way to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Swedish and other Nordic traditions for cinnamon buns make them a little less sweet. With a little cardamom in the dough and without icing on top, they opt for a sprinkle of granulated sugar instead. But that's not the only pastry they're big on. 
They also observe a tradition called fika, where you sit down with coffee and pastries and friends. Mm-hmm. Um, as of 2010, the average Swede apparently consumed um, the cake and pastry equivalent of 316 cinnamon rolls per year. What? Uh, which is almost 149 million kilos of cakes and pastries, which is about 328 million pounds, which, um, as Sweden.se, the official site of Sweden, helpfully points out, is about 350,000 moose. Moose are big. They are! 350,000 moose. Oh, no. I don't know how many. That's a lot of moose. That's a horror movie's worth of moose. (laughs) That's two at least. It's oh, got a sequel. That's true. <laughs> uh, but yes, this, not the moose thing, but the cinnamon roll thing and the and the Connell Bullen's dog is why Ikea has cinnamon rolls. Big thing. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Here in the States, we have a national sticky bun day on February 21st. And <laughs> out, in, out in a town in California, there's an annual 4th of July cinnamon roll eating competition at a bakery called Paul's Pantry. Whoever eats the most cinnamon rolls in 12 minutes wins. No dipping or dunking allowed. <laughs> and uh, in 2018, uh, an eating professional, uh, Molly Schuler, uh, sure, y'all know who I'm talking about. She she entered and set the record at 19 cinnamon rolls in 12 minutes. And these are not small cinnamon rolls. These are the big thing. That's 19 more than I've had this year. <laughs> Let alone in 12 minutes. Let alone in 12 dang minutes. <laughs> Well, that's impressive. It is. We do have some uh, impressive bits of history to share with you. We do. We do. But first, we've got a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. Roller coaster. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event. So give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view. An endless field of wildflowers. Or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. 
The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And some history here. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of conflicting history in this one. Yes, even more so. I mean, that's like every, every episode, yeah, absolutely. But this one in particular. Yeah. So we're gonna see what we can do to pull some of these elements together. Right. Right. Uh, I will say it seems that cinnamon rolls are fairly recent compared mm-hmm. to a lot of stuff we talk about. Anyway, recent can be very subjective, but uh, cinnamon has been around for much longer. Again. Our episode exists for those who want to know more. Mm-hmm. Um, in the early days, it was certainly more of an incense and embalming spice more than something you'd eat. Um, and it was super expensive everywhere except for what's now Sri Lanka, where it mostly originated. Right. Um, some bakers along trade routes in the Middle East, though, might have been making sweet cinnamon-flavored baked goods, even sweet yeast breads, going back to ancient times. Right, because yeasty breads have also been around a long time. Yeah, they developed in tandem with, like, beer brewing about 5,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. So they've been there for a minute. Records out of Egypt and Rome indicate that the people there enjoyed rolls topped with dates, raisins, and honey millennia before these yeasty breads came together with cinnamon in Europe to make the delicious cinnamon bread in the 17th century that was sort of one of the originals mm-hmm. people contend. In, in Europe, certainly. In that's, Europe, That's yes. where it happened in the 17th century, um, mm-hmm. when it happened, rather. Um, a cinnamon's high price point and historical scarcity had kept it primarily in the realm of the rich in Europe prior to that. Um, instead, in earlier times, Europeans would sometimes use black pepper to add a kick to sweet baked goods, um, which was still expensive, but, like, a little bit less so. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, uh, like cinnamon, along with a couple other foodstuffs, uh, these other spices and sugar um, that Europeans were introduced to via the Silk Road, like pretty much kickstarted the waves of exploration and colonization that shaped the modern world as we know it. Yeah. I'm not saying it's just cinnamon rolls. <laughs> not just cinnamon rolls. <laughs> <laughs> but they were involved. They were certainly involved. Yeah. Yeah. Once the Dutch took over Sri Lanka and the price of cinnamon went down and it became more readily available in Europe, bakers began adding it to their fritters, fritters they were making at the time. The practice quickly spread throughout the rest of Europe where this proto-cinnamon roll, uh, they were commonly enjoyed for breakfast. The English created a version they dubbed the Chelsea bun around this time and they filled that with dried fruit and I think it's still eaten today. I, I read conflicting things about that. It's still eaten today, but I read conflicting things about how well-known and popular it is, I guess. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. okay. So write in about that as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you want more about, about fried yeast doughs, you can see our jelly donut episode. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile. Meanwhile, when German and Swedish immigrants arrived to North America in the 16 and 1700s, they introduced the continent to their cinnamon rolls. German immigrants who settled around Philadelphia modified their recipe based on what they were able to find in their new home or what was, like, you know, not too pricey. Mm-hmm. And they added the raisins, brown sugar, and honey. And they they might have been, like, a bakery-only treat for a long time because of the uh, of the physical 
time expense of creating this this yeast dough, which had to be punched down two or three times. It takes like 15 hours to make these things. Um, a lot of that's downtime, but you know, yeah. Um, and then also the cost of some of these ingredients, especially cinnamon. Right. Compressed yeast in the 1800s made producing porous cinnamon rolls simpler. Uh, yeah, you can listen to more about that in our nutritional yeast rising to the occasion episode from like, uh, <laughs> January of 2019. This is like a multiverse episode. This it is. is. like a touching on all kinds of things. Tying it all in. Yeah. Um, okay, then in the late 1800s in America, we get another iconic yeast roll that we need to talk about, the Parker House roll. These are brioche-style, slightly sweet, milky-soft dinner rolls um, that are baked together in a clump in a single pan. Um, And they gained fame at the Parker House Hotel restaurant in Boston in the 1870s, um, thanks to recipes printed in lots of magazines and cookbooks, um, and thanks to baking pans kind of becoming a thing around that time. Previously, a lot of breads would have been made freeform in Mm -hmm. the oven. But yeah, baking pans, wild. Um, And these rolls were great for restaurants because— yeah, th- this recipe incorporated these three yeast rises in 12 to 15 hours of downtime, so you could really stilt your start times to keep fresh bread going into and coming out of the oven um, throughout a long day of service. Mm-hmm. Um, but for home bakers, this meant that, you know, they would usually be ready to go in the oven, like, in the earliest hours of the morning after yeah. having risen overnight. Less convenient for making dinner rolls. But— Recipe writers in the 1880s started adding side notes about using the same dough to make cinnamon rolls, perfect for breakfast. Um, May Perrin Goff's cookbook, The Household, may have been the first to suggest this. Oh, very Mm -hmm. clever. Take all kinds of that stuff for granted nowadays. I know. Uh, um, The more modern take on our cinnamon roll, or the cinnamon snail, um, maybe (laughs) it came out of 1920s Sweden. That's what the Swedes claim I feel like they just put the flag in and said, yeah, yeah we did this. Um, <laughs> this was after the end of World War I rations, and bakers once again had access to things like butter and sugar. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, okay, like recipes for uh, for sticky buns and um, schnecken started popping up in American-published cookbooks around 1909 and started picking up steam in the 19-teens. So maybe it was a zeitgeist. It was, because I saw that date on, in more places than just Swedish sources, but I don't know if they were just getting the information from the Swedish sources. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, that also would have been when ovens in the home oh, yeah. would have been more popularized. Right. Yeah. Huh. Commercial ovens. So, yeah. But anyway, in Sweden, most of these cinnamon snails were professionally done until the 1950s when ingredients became cheaper and home ovens more efficient. And as the prices of cinnamon and cardamom dropped, and as Sweden experienced a rise in home baking and, like, housewife home cooking culture trends, uh, sort of parallel to what was going on in the United States in the 1950s. Right. And then the Pillsbury Company debuted their refrigerated canned cinnamon rolls in 1956. Also around the 1950s, and probably due in part to this mass market release of refrigerated biscuit and cinnamon bun dough, um, recipes for monkey bread, then often called bubble bread, started making the rounds. Um, In the 1980s, Nancy Reagan famously served it every Christmas in the White House. And uh, this brings us to a secondary question. One I actually don't know the answer to, so this is really exciting. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Monkey bread. What is it? Well, 
Uh, monkey bread can be sweet or savory, but um, it's often a recipe very close to stickier versions of cinnamon rolls, but not rolled. What? No. The dough is formed into small balls and then baked together in a cake pan so that it forms a mass that's easily pulled apart. Oh. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like a monkey. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. There's no consensus on where the name comes from. There were references to um, that there was this one <laughs> article that was trying to, I guess, like humanize an, an actress of the 1940s, uh, Zazu Pitts. And she, yes, included this recipe for monkey bread. And I think that that's where in the literature that name first appeared. But no consensus. Hmm. Histories. Mysteries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. So so this this is also an interesting thing that seems to have developed separately but parallel to cinnamon rolls because Hungarian Jewish bakers had been making a similar dessert or like sometimes specified as a coffee cake um, since at least the 1880s. And that one's called a Rani Galuska. I didn't look that one up, but we're going with the pronunciation. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, that translates to golden dumplings. Um, and I don't think it traditionally involved cinnamon, but yeah, it's a like big like pull-apart bread that's uh, often got like a sticky, sticky kind of sweet filling to it. Yeah. Hmm. Um, cinnamon as a flavoring in these pull-apart breads and or coffee cakes may have only caught on in force during the 1980s and 90s during this huge cultural moment that cinnamon rolls had. Oh, yes. Because that brings us to 1985. And the first Cinnabon, ah. which opened in a mall near Seattle that very year, um, at first only offering the classic cinnamon roll. Hmm. After a failed franchise deal with something called TJ Cinnamons, a father and son team, uh, I also saw a father, not a father, a brother and brother team, but we're going to go with a father and son team, Sure. experimented for months to arrive at the, quote, world's best cinnamon roll. While also meeting the requirements of baking in the oven of 14 minutes or less, a time of 14 minutes or less, and the taste justifying the $1.25 cost. Oh, how times have changed. They have indeed. This team even traveled to Indonesia in search of the ideal cinnamon for their recipe, a very strong variety that they made into a proprietary blend called Makara, which you can buy in their stores, I believe. Mm -hmm. It's stronger and less sweet than a lot of other cinnamons that you can buy, and it's behind that lovely aroma that we kept talking about that we've already mentioned. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you walk into a mall and you're just like, where is the cinnamon bun? Yes. I must find it. Uh, contrary to popular belief, the smell is not piped in, but uh, by opening in um, small open spaces like malls and airports and placing the ovens at the front and also using the, I think, like, the what is it, the smallest hood they can get away with legally or something? <laughs> There's all kinds of rules. Basically, like, venting the air, like, out to the public rather right. than, yeah. Right. Um, uh, and they put the ovens in the front of the store, near the front. Uh, and by doing all of these things, the stores make sure the aroma reaches the most passerbys possible in these highly trafficked areas. Hmm. According to the CEO, stores where the ovens were placed in the back instead of the front experienced a decrease in sales. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, I believe it. I do, too. Some buildings do have 
aroma restrictions, which have actually limited where Cinnabon can open. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Aroma restrictions. Uh, um, if you're wondering why the name isn't Cinnabon with a U, uh, that is a twofold reasons. Uh, they wanted to avoid the savory connotation of the dinner bun and instead go with the sweet bonbon, like candy, um, and at the same time, utilizing the French word for good, bon. Ah. So they got, they were thinking... Oh, yeah, yeah, lots of thoughts were had. Mm-hmm. Cinnabon was the first franchise to open in Libya in 2011, and today there are over 1,200 franchise shops in over 50 countries. The Cinnabon Corporation only owns one store. The really? rest are all franchises. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> and that's not the only thing that they have franchised out. Nope. There's Cinnabon Vodka. So many licensed products, and not just Cineswag. What? Which you can purchase on their online website as opposed oh. to other types of websites. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, T-shirts with like, like what is it? Like my, my head says the gym, but my heart says cinnamon. <laughs> Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The classics. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, uh, yeah, you can get all kinds of Cinnabon branded food items at other restaurants, in grocery stores. There's been a lip balm, an air freshener. In 2013, they hit $1 billion in customer product sales, and only 25% of that was from their stores. What? I know! What? Ah, it is, it is a cinnamon bun <laughs> empire. <laughs> wow. <sighs> um, well, and also, in the Breaking Bad <laughs> spinoff, Better Call Saul, viewers got to see Saul Goodman's best-case scenario, quote, managing a Cinnabon in Omaha. The actor who portrays Saul, Bob Odenkirk, really did go through the Cinnabon training and learn to make the roles. They, like, teamed up, Cinnabon, like, teamed up with AMC to make all of this happen. There was, like, a lot of, like, media marketing stuff mm-hmm. involved. I... When I read that, I, like, literally tried to heart-react to that bullet point. I just found it very, very dear. Yes. Uh. It, it was on a list of uh, some of the most bizarre product placement deals. <laughs> <laughs> hey! <laughs> um, BoJack Horseman's newest season also featured a reference to an asexual employee working at an airport Cinnabon. Oh. And something else I watched recently had Cinnabon in it. And I was like, wow, maybe Cinnabon is more around than I've ever realized. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> But not for long. No, no, no. Uh, This is another interesting point. In 2014, the European Union proposed new regulations to limit the amount of cinnamon used in cinnamon rolls due to health concerns around a natural substance that occurs in common cinnamon called kumarin. Consumed at a high enough rate, kumarin causes, for the most part reversible, liver problems in some people. Earlier EU regulations from 2008 set limitations on how much Kumarin a product could contain, generally 5 and 50 milligrams per kilo of food, somewhere between there, with special considerations towards holiday items. Okay. Uh Uh But when the Danish Food Administration conducted a recent survey, they found 50% of the baked goods category weren't sticking to the rules. Ah. Um, They specifically... (laughs) Called out Danish cinnamon swirls. Oh, my gosh. That's right. Okay. These new stipulations would limit seasonal pastries to 50 milligrams of cinnamon or less per kilogram of dough and regular breakfast pastries to 15 milligrams per kilogram of dough. As you can imagine, not popular with Danish Bakers Association. 
Their leader commented, It's the end of the cinnamon roll as we know it. <laughs> They're coming for your cinnamon sales. <laughs> that's, that's my yeah, personal touch. Annie, Annie added that one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, if you're curious, we don't have any rules limiting Kumarin in our food products in the U.S. And to have ill effects from the substance, the average adult would have to ingest a teaspoon a day. If you think about baking, that's what most recipes call for an entire pie or a whole batch of cookies. However, for toddlers, a quarter of a teaspoon a day could be damaging, which is much easier threshold to meet. Sure, sure. Um, but, I mean, yeah, like for an adult, like you don't need to be that worried. For an adult, it's like 10-plus cinnamon rolls in a day, like probably multiple days in a row, like yeah. over the course of time to build this 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 level up. Um, if it is something that you're worried about, uh, Ceylon cinnamon, or true cinnamon, as it is sometimes called, uh, as far less Kumarin compared to cassia uh, cinnamon, which is this type in question here. More expensive, though. Yeah. Yeah. There's also been some movement in Sweden to cut back on all that aforementioned pastry, what? like calling for a switch out of fruit or nuts for cinnamon rolls during fika breaks. Oh, I mean, probably <laughs> healthier, but oh, <laughs> it seems so much better with a pastry, right? It does with your coffee. Yeah, I was so jealous that this is a thing when I read about it. Like, oh man, <laughs> like every day though, and like yeah. you're really supposed to, like socially. <sighs> That's right. You don't want to be an outcast. Lauren. You don't. You, you gotta eat. Your gotta cinnamon eat snail. your cinnamon snail and drink your coffee. Who are we? To diverge from that path, that social norm. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll keep an eye out for any uh, progress updates, developments on this story. We, oh gosh, we absolutely will. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I don't think it's really caught on. Yeah. But um, for perhaps obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but um, yeah, uh, that's, that's basically what we were able to dig up about cinnamon rolls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We do have a little bit more for you, but uh, first we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. 
And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with yeah. <laughs> that went more successfully than I thought it was going to go. It's very rare that I can say that about those. So kudos, Lauren. Kudos. Uh, I'm learning. <laughs> no one could fault you for not understanding my very random hand gestures. Not a person. <laughs> Peter wrote, Thanks so much for all the information and laughs and podcasts. Oh, oh thank you. After hearing your stories about farmers treating their produce gently in order to preserve its world record status, I thought I just had to recommend to you the Wallace and Gromit movie, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit, in which Wallace and Gromit are heavily invested in the security and welfare of fruit and veg. <laughs> the Vicar's security system especially never fails to give me a laugh. Uh, My other item is that you may want to look up the definition of collywobbles as used in British slang. If you don't know about it already, it might give new meaning to the item you mentioned. Luckily, I have looked that up because uh, <laughs> in the fifth Harry Potter book, oh Order of the Phoenix, uh-huh. that is Arthur's nickname for Molly Weasley. Oh. And I was very curious. That's what it meant. That's a little bit, gosh, okay, well. Well, indeed, right? Well. <laughs> spicy. I mean, I guess you had to have all those little Weasleys somehow. That's true. <laughs> I don't know that I want to think about it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Jeremiah wrote, In my previous career, I was in the U.S. Coast Guard. During my 20 years, I spent about nine years on board ships. Generally speaking, there were often treats served at mealtime, jello, cookies, etc. Ice cream, my favorite dessert, was usually served once a week on Saturday evenings. I always looked forward to Saturday evenings at sea. During my last tour of duty, I spent three years aboard the Stratton, which had pretty good food as far as shipboard dining goes. Also, for fun, look up Dorothy Stratton sometime. She was an incredible person. Since I was in my late 30s at the time, I was much more careful about my intake of sugar and limited myself to one dessert a week, ice cream on Saturdays. 
One day, after a particularly long and difficult day at sea, I went to the mess deck and made myself a beautiful sundae with vanilla ice cream, or so I thought. When I took that first bite, it was a soap-flavored mess because it had been lavender ice cream. I lost my mind because all the other flavors were gone at that point. I threw the bowl in the garbage and cursed like only a sailor can. My roommate at the time was the head cook, and in a fit of rage (laughs) induced by an absence of ice cream, I demanded he throw all the lavender ice cream overboard at once. He did not oblige me, but he also (laughs) never procured said flavor again. For the record, nobody on the ship liked the lavender ice cream, but apparently I had the most volatile reaction. Also, I do like lavender flavors, but that ice cream was just the worst. I think lavender is something that must be used judiciously. There are so many food-related stories I could tell from my time at sea, mostly bad, but I chose this one because never before or since had ice cream invoked my wrath. Ice cream should never make a person go into Hulk mode. True. True. Only, only lack of ice cream. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> no one could blame you. No, no. We would all understand. It's a, you just have to say, oh, no ice cream. And we'd be like, mm. oh, dude, yeah. Let's <laughs> yes. get you some ice cream. Exactly. Yeah. Have they ever tried that in the Avengers? Oh, my gosh. I don't think they have. Well, that is just a flaw. <laughs> They're doing all these, like, reading of soft poetry to him. You need ice cream. I think we really solved this think, fictional problem. Yeah. Yeah. We need to write <laughs> to these fictional people. <laughs> I think so. Okay. I think so. All right. Plan. All right. <laughs> but in the meantime, if you would like to write to us, a non-fictional people. <laughs> Hypothetically. Yeah. Oh. Oh. oh, no. Don't make me question my reality, Lauren. Oh, not today. <laughs> not today. You can do so. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio and Stuff Media. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, go to Apple Podcasts, or, you know, just wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching! Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga! How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at San Diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. 
As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene, what's good? But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh. Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.